Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What's up, guys? Coming at you today with a solo episode focused on how leaders can better understand body language and nonverbal communication. Right? I think we've all been there where we've been surprised that what we communicated to the folks on our team isn't necessarily what they heard, right? So I'm gonna be talking about how to do that well and diving into three specific areas, micro expressions, body language, and tonality. How to start becoming aware of them, how to start reading them, and and how to start leveraging them to better understand your team and get more out of them. So I hope that you guys get a lot out of this episode and it helps you become better communicators and much more effective leaders. Question for you guys. Have you ever had a key employee somebody who's just a rock star, who you thought everything was great with, and and then they walk in your door one day and they say, you know what, I want to take my career in a different direction. I'm resigning today, right? I've had that happen to me, and it is heartbreaking and very detrimental to the business. Or maybe you've given instructions to your team, and you thought you were super clear, but when you get the final project back, it's clear that they just didn't understand what your expectations were for the project. I can give you an example for me, right? And and this is an audio example where I was on the phone with somebody who reported to me from India. And it's a cultural thing, right? But I would give him instructions. He would say, yes, absolutely, we'll get that done. And then the next day, it's clear that he had no idea what I was asking for. But that's on me, right? I need to communicate more effectively to my people and my team. I need to ask more questions to make sure that they're clear on what I'm asking them to do. I need to understand the non-verbals, their tone of voice, their body language, to understand if they're linking with me, if they're connected with me or not. And I need to understand the cultural nuances as well, especially when working with folks from different cultures. As leaders, this is so critically important. And data really backs it up. There was a Harris poll that showed that 91% of employees say that their leaders lack strong communication skills. And from the leader's perspective, that poll showed that 69% of leaders are uncomfortable communicating with their employees. So there's definitely a gap there. And and it's really important because a Gallup poll found that only one third of Americans are engaged in their jobs today. But a whopping 70% of that variability, if they're engaged or not, is dependent upon how good their manager is at communicating. So this is really important. It's what I wanted to talk about today. And specifically, I want to focus on how can we understand the body language and the nonverbal pieces of communication to to get a better vibe on, is this employee really happy or not? Does this employee truly understand what I'm asking them to do or not? And at the end of the day, 93% of communication is nonverbal and body language, right? It's not the words that we say. And it's critical that we understand the body language tonality of folks that we're communicating things to to make sure that they understand clearly what we're asking them to do. So today I'm going to dive into three separate topics to help you understand that nonverbal piece more effectively. The first is microexpressions. The second is body language. And the third is tonality and, and just listening to what's happening with their voice. So let's start by digging into microexpressions. Right, so what is a microexpression? Well, it's an expression that flashes across the face in one thirtieth of a second or less. If you blink, you're gonna miss it. 
And you differentiate them from regular expressions or macro expressions because macro expressions tend to last longer. So a half a second up to four seconds or so. Now, micro expressions are really important because they communicate our true intention. They happen involuntarily, right? We can't control them. So it happens very quickly. And over 30 studies have proven that across all cultures, micro expressions are consistent, right? So they're the same regardless of what culture you're looking at, which is one of the reasons that makes them so important to be able to read them. So even if I'm telling you a lie about something and I'm smiling, I might quickly frown or or quickly show fear before communicating that, right? And that's what you want to be on the lookout for. So there's seven base micro expressions to be aware of. There's joy and contempt. There's sadness and disgust. There's anger, surprise, and fear. And knowing that, how do you start to get good at seeing and reading micro expressions? Well, the first step is to just familiarize yourself with what do the different micro expressions look like? What does joy look like? What does contempt look like? And you can do that by hopping over to my blog post, which is called Reading Minds and Understanding Micro Expressions, where I have examples of each of the individual base micro expressions so you can start to see what they look like. You can even get a free test there to see how good you are at reading micro expressions today. You can also find a lot of great stuff on YouTube and just Googling micro expressions, right? So you can get a feel for what are the variety of these base expressions really look like. Once you do that, once you have a feel for what they look like, it's all about practice, practice, practice. And a great way to do it is to watch videos in slow motion, especially with the sound off, right? So watching interviews and reality TV shows are great. Look for when their expression changes quickly and then changes back. And as you start to see that more and more, start to try to pick that up in your own day-to-day conversations. So recently, as I talked to my wife, I try to really watch for her micro expressions as she's talking or as she's responding to my questions so that I can get a better bead on what what she's really feeling and, and guide my communication in that direction, right? So it can become really powerful to take these steps. And if you really want to build a skill around microexpressions, check out my free six-week body language and microexpression course called Body Language Mastery. You can find that at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. So on to the second but related topic, which is body language. So why is body language so important? Well, body language is driven by your reptilian brain, which is actually the oldest part of your brain, and that controls your natural and physical reactions to the world around you. While what you say is controlled by your neocortex, which actually involves more conscious thinking, and it starts to layer things like concerns about how you're going to be perceived and what might be most advantageous to you, right? Therefore, our our body language is considered to be more honest relative to what we say because it's more of a natural response rather than the processing that goes on from the neocortex. The, The other thought is that lying is really hard to do from a conscious processing perspective. Right, it, it takes a lot of conscious effort to make up a lie. And it's likely that you're worried so much about what you say and your tone of voice and your facial, facial expressions that you might be less focused on your natural body language. So looking for something called incongruency when your body is doing something different than the words that you're saying reflect that it should be doing, that is a big potential indicator that there might be deception involved. So reading body language can be so powerful, but it's also easy to do wrong. So I wanted to share a few foundational skills with you, a few foundational tenets around reading body language for you to consider as you're trying to build this skill. So there's five rules. There's the rule of four, congruency, 
context, baselining, and intuition. And I want to give you a quick brief overview of each of those. So the rule of four is so important to consider. And the takeaway here is that you can't just look at one gesture, one expression, and say this person's lying, this person's telling the truth, this person's happy or sad. You have to look at a cluster. And we call a cluster a group of four gestures, body language movements, tonalities, four things pointing in that same direction before you start to build that hypothesis. So just because someone answers slowly doesn't necessarily mean that they're lying to you, right? They might just be thinking about how they want to answer the question. But if their palms are turned away from you, they fidget, they look away, they roll their lips in, their voice changes pitch, and, and they're slow to answer, then, then they might be starting to try to deceive you, right? Now, now we have a variety of things pointing in that direction. So we want to be looking out for that. The next point is congruency. Look for body language that is aligned with what they're saying to confirm things. Look for body language that is the opposite of what they're saying for indications of potential deceit and lying. For example, if they're communicating honestly with you and their palms are open and towards you, that's an indication of congruency. However, if they have their hands in their pocket, maybe they're being dishonest because hands in your pocket away from you is is an indication of potential dishonesty and incongruency with, with what they're telling you. Right, And when two things are disagreeing, you always want to pay more attention to the body language. The third point is context. And context is extremely important. Right, If I'm having a conversation with police because I'm being convicted of a crime right, or, or charged with a crime, that's going to be very different in the way that I speak with them in my body language than if I'm talking to my wife just over dinner on a regular evening. Right, Very different situations, very different contexts lead to very different body language. And it's critical to never try to assess somebody if possible in just one given situation. You really want to build a model over time for what their body language is like in different types of situations so that you can then look out for where those differences occur. And that's going to point you towards the really important stuff. Baselining is another really important concept, and it might be the most important. So what baselining is, is understanding the nuances of everybody's unique body language that they have on a daily basis. It's just part of who they are and the personality. For example, I play with my beard all the time. I wish I didn't do it. But if somebody didn't know that about me, they might see that and say, oh, he's nervous about something. But in reality, that's just how I operate on a daily basis, right? So it's important to baseline somebody, especially when they're relaxed and in a good mood, understand what they're like normally. And then again, look for those differences. And then the fifth point, another important point, is intuition. So you have to be careful here, right? This doesn't mean that you project your assumptions and biases onto people and then look for their body language to prove that bias. But what this does mean is is that the gut feeling that you get is actually your reptilian brain, which is unconsciously reading their body language and everything about them, right? So if you have a gut feeling about somebody, consider that strongly, weigh that heavily as you're thinking about what this person is telling you. Or, or how well you're connecting with them, right? Because there's likely some truth in it. And maybe ask some more questions to ferret that out a bit more. So those are some keys for you on, on how to read body language appropriately. And again, if you're interested in building this skill, definitely check out my free body language mastery course that you can find at bodylanguagemastery.gregjrice.com. The third piece I want to dive into is tonality. Because people communicate multiple messages with their voice, right? There's the words that they say, but then there's also their tone. And lots of things fall into that tone, right? Sound, volume, speed, pauses, cadence, and pitch. So if I say to my three-year-old, come over here, honey, versus come over here, right? The words are the same, come over here, but they mean very different 
things. I'm communicating a lot with my tonality. One research project done at Yale found that focusing on voice-only communication, so just focusing on tonality, is actually slightly better for reading emotions than looking at other nonverbal channels of communication like body language and other things that we've been talking about. So it's really important. Another study found that just listening to seven words spoken freely, folks can accurately figure out things like education, social class, occupation status, above average accuracy. So people can tell a lot by the tonality that you use. So just like you have microexpression and body language leakage, you also have voice leakage, right? Which is letting your true emotions leak out voluntarily through your tone of voice. So for example, if you notice quick breathing, that should clue you into the fact that they might be a little bit nervous. If their voice is monotone, they might be feeling down or tired or exhausted. If you're hearing someone speak in a high-pitched and rapid voice, They could be excited or maybe even a little bit of scared, right, depending upon the situation and the context. So to give you a few more specific examples from some research that was done on some of the basic emotions and kind of what they sound like, forgive me, this is a bit technical, but hopefully it's helpful for you, right? So stress has typically increased intensity and frequency. Anger is also increased intensity and frequency, but you also see much more variability in that frequency and an increase in the articulation rate. Fear, also an increased intensity and frequency, but also it increases and decreases in frequency, right? So high, low, high, low. And again, there's an increased articulation rate. Sadness is decreased intensity and frequency, a lower volume and and a lower articulation rate. Joy is increased intensity and frequency, more variability and and higher articulation rate, but obviously with happiness and joy. And then boredom is, is just lower variability, more monotone in general. So that gives you an idea for what the differences sound like, but you naturally know what the differences sound like if you just open up your awareness and start to pay attention to it. So how can you start getting better? Well, the next time that you're in a public space or a group, just listen for changes in voices that signal emotions, right? Changes are critical, right? If all of a sudden I'm talking monotone and then my, my voice goes up or speeds up, right? That's an indication that maybe I'm excited about something or afraid about something. So start to pay attention to those changes in the way that folks speak. And you can do the same on movies and TVs and videos, right? Paying attention to anywhere where folks are speaking and where you hear that tonality change can really help you get more sensitive to it. And then another great trick is closing your eyes. Research has shown that we're better at recognizing those audible cues when we cut out those visual cues. So often when I'm on the phone with clients, I'm not on some sort of video chat, I'll close my eyes when they're talking to really try to get a feel for when they're excited, depressed, scared, etc., so that I can help them through those challenges. And finally, I want to share one last exercise to bring it all together for you. And this can be a lot of fun if you're into this, right? So find a video of a reality TV show or an interview that you're really interested in. First step is turn the sound off and just look for micro expressions. Mark when you see those micro expressions, right? At the minute and a half mark, I saw a micro expression that looked like sadness or joy or contempt. So go through the whole video and do that. Then do the same, but now look for body language changes, right? Does the body posture close? Does it open? Are their feet moving away or towards a person interviewing them? Look for those broader body language cues. Then turn the volume on, right? But close your eyes and now listen for those voice cues that we talked about. Where is their voice tonality changing and what is that likely indicating? 
take all that, make some hypotheses about what got them excited, what got them scared, what, what they liked, what they didn't like, etc. Then listen through it normally and just be awed at how much new depth you see in just that one conversation from digging into these different aspects of their nonverbal communication. And the more that you do this, the better you're going to get at realizing this in real time. So just to conclude, you know what really brought all this home for me was when I had a really key employee leave the company. You know, I, I thought everything was great. We went to lunch one day for a normal check-in, and she dropped it on me. She said, you know what, Greg, I, I've had a great experience with you, but I'm looking to take the next step in my journey. I'm taking a role with another company, Donnie, in two weeks. And this person was hugely important to our client success, very entwined in the key priorities of our organization. And to be honest, I should have seen it coming. I should have been paying more attention to the nonverbals. I asked her to do certain projects or take certain steps. When I asked about her future with the company and, and how she felt, how she saw her future with the company evolving, what was most important to her in her personal life as well as her business life. You know, I should have been paying, I had those conversations, but I wasn't paying nearly enough attention to all the nonverbals that we've been talking about today. So that's what I want to help you avoid. And I hope some of these tips help you to take a step in that direction. So I want to end with a quote here from Peter Drucker. He said that the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. So remember that, and hopefully this is going to help you connect with your team more effectively, help you understand what you're communicating to them more effectively, what they're taking away from you, and just overall have a much more productive team and, and, and a much more excited team to, to work under your leadership. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.